Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. Dave DeBoe here today, interviewing an old friend, fellow Canadian, Mark Ramsey, who was very, very active investing in real estate as a Canadian, but doing the deals in the States. But for the last couple of years, he's gone even further south. In fact, Mark is now living, investing, and rocking and rolling in beautiful Costa Rica. And I tell you what, that's got a, a warm spot in my heart because I actually lived in Costa Rica for 10 years, way, way back from 1993 to 2003. So Mark, excited to catch up. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Dave. Uh, welcome. Thank you for letting me be on the show today. This is my fabulous. pleasure. So, hey, Mark, tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate investing. Uh, what got you into investing in the States instead of Canada? And then how you made the leap down south? Uh, I took one of these uh, courses that came through Vancouver, one of these uh, mentoring groups that came through and uh, did a couple of days with them. Ended up so what whenabouts was that? Oh, 2011. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So back in 2011, then I did a boot camp with them down in Florida. Um, we spent three days just touring houses and learning all about how to evaluate them and how to make offers and uh, how to do the, you know, deal with renos and all the different types of investing types and that type of thing. So that was that. I did three uh, fix and flips in Florida uh, around the Orlando area. And then uh, all, uh, all, the guys, all of it at a distance while you're living in Vancouver. Is that correct? Yeah, all of it while living in Vancouver. We did we did a condo, a small condo. We did a high rise apartment and we did a house. And nice. um, the, the house and the condo all required extensive rehab and the high rise apartment just needed a clean. Basically, we made 20 grand on that in a couple of weeks. It was great. Nice. Um, one of the gentlemen I was doing some work with down in Florida, wanted to get into multifamily. He said he found a deal up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I went in it with him. Turns out it wasn't a deal. Um, <laughs> that was the first time I, I lost my shirt on a, on a, uh, an investment, but it was a huge learning opportunity because while I was in Cleveland, I started actually investigating what else was out there and discovered that I had a bit of a niche, uh, that I wanted to get into, which was basically buying uh, dilapidated building stuff that needed a lot of rehab stuff I could pick up for next to nothing. Like uh, multifamily buildings? No, all multifamily stuff. Yeah. So we did a couple of just straight flips and we did a couple of fi fixes. And one of them we did flip. It was actually uh, a, a building in downtown Cleveland that was on the uh, National Historic Registry. It was a really cool building. Yeah. Made really double our money on that one. Nice. And then um, I bought a 76 unit property. Uh, that only had 44 active units and two buildings were actually had a demo order on them from the city. Wow. And we returned that complete, that property completely around. We now have 76 active units there and the bank just did a refi with us. Uh, so we put, we put around two and a half million into that property, maybe two and a half to 3 million since we bought it, but it's now been valued at six and a half. Wow. So that, that's, that's the only property I still own in the US. And we're waiting for the current mortgage to kind of run down. And then I'll probably list that one for sale as well and see what we can do with that. All right. Well, um, it sounds like it sounds like you've had great success investing in the States. Why did you decide yeah. to venture even further south down to Costa Rica? Uh, there's a couple of different reasons. Uh, one of them with being a, a Canadian, we have an advantage over Americans in which we can kind of non-resident for taxation purposes. So, which means I can just say, hey, I'm not a resident for taxation. I don't want to file income tax returns anymore. I can move down to Costa Rica. I can work remotely. I've been in IT for 33 years, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and I still do that on a contract basis. That's kind of my background, keeps the money flowing type job. Yeah. And, uh, and I can do that now tax-free. 
And then that also allowed me to start taking some of the money from when I sold all my assets in Canada and reinvesting that in other places and not having to worry about dealing with the Canadian tax system uh, when I buy them, when I sell them, when I do anything with them. So that, that was one of the reasons why I did it. And then why I'm doing Costa Rica, we have two properties in Mexico. We have an Airbnb here in Costa Rica. We have a, a large development property here in Costa Rica. Uh-huh. Um, most of that stuff is all for sale right now because we're going to shift our focus a little bit. Um, I've decided to start doing development work in the area that I live in. Um, this area is booming. So what, what um, area do you live in? I live in the Southern zone of Costa Rica and a little, uh, town called, not even a town. It's just a jungle community called Ojochel. Okay. And some people know about places on the coast. There's, uh, Manuel Antonio national park, which a lot of people know about. And if you go about an hour and a half South of Manuel Antonio, you get through Dominical and then Uvita and then our little town, which is Ojochel. And um, there's been a huge amount of development down here in the last few years, and it's just it, it's, it's just snowballing. And there's a lot of opportunity to buy nice view lots, put up three bed, three bath houses with a nice pool, beautiful views, wonderful uh, ocean breezes in the morning, uh, mountain breezes coming through the house in the evening. No need you're high enough up, there's no need for air conditioning. Um, they're just beautiful places to live, and uh, so we, we start to see a lot of that opportunity there. So that's what we're focusing on right now is uh, coming up, uh, finding investors who want to come down here, invest with us, uh, help us buy the properties, build the houses. We usually ha- will have them sold before they're even finished. Uh, mm-hmm. We now have an opportunity for expats, uh, Canadians, Americans, whoever, to get financing on their purchases in Costa Rica at just over 6%, which is probably better what, than some what, places in uh, Canada. What LTV? Uh, 70%. 70% loan to value. Okay, yep. good. So there's a lot of really cool opportunities right where I live. Mm-hmm. So I decided to, you know, just kind of back burner the U.S. stuff for a little while, uh, not focus on Mexico and just kind of draw my attention into where I live. Um, so there's you, a lot you of- want to really laser focus that, really get focused in on one thing and not be distracted by diverse things. So I imagine, you know, I imagine that your properties in Mexico are going along all right, but they still require your, your attention and you'd rather just focus it in on your backyard right now. Yeah, it's a distance thing too. Uh, most of my investing over my career since 2011 has all been distance. I've had to fly somewhere. I've had to go someplace to do things. And it's time to start working in my backyard. And mm-hmm. we're at my backyard here, as you can see behind me. It, it's beautiful. It's uh, A lot of people want to be here, whether it's full-time or part-time. Uh, it's a very desirable place to live. So that's uh, that's kind of where my focus is to be. And what have, a lot what of have cha- you found of being some of the challenges as a foreigner living in Costa Rica? It depends. It, if it's you're, beautiful. If you're just... It's a lovely country, but it's not all sunshine and flowers 247. So it's important that, no. that people understand the pros and the cons. The bureaucracy here is, you think it's bad in Canada and other places, but down, the bureaucracy here is just mind numbing. Some of the things, uh, like for instance, I've been trying to get my driver's license down here and I did the homologation. They wouldn't get, I couldn't get my license from the motor vehicle department. I had to wait two months for an appointment at a bank to go pick up my license. I went there on Tuesday to pick up my license. And while they were processing it and going to print it off for me, all their systems went down. So now I have to make another appointment to go two hours south to go back to the bank to do the whole process over again. So, And it's just things like that. Uh, and there's a big difference too, uh, resident versus non-resident. If you're just here on a tourist visa, which is good for 90 days, which means you have to come and go every 90 days just to yeah. be able to stay here legally, or a resident like myself, I have a temporary resident like myself, I can stay here full time. Um, 
it's easier a lot being a resident as you know is a lot easier here especially especially with banking and dealing with the government and dealing with the municipality everything is easier when you're a resident than if you're mm -hmm. just a tourist being here for a few and how, how complicated when way back in the day we, when i was a resident i became a resident because i happened to marry a costa rican um so how how easy or difficult is it for canadians to get their residency these days if you want to come in as an investor, it's really easy. You only have to invest 150,000 US in the country. And you can do that. You can buy real estate. You can invest in a business. Just buy a piece of land worth that, and, and that qualifies you. Uh, you submit the appropriate paperwork, uh, work with an immigration lawyer down here, and they get it done. And they're doing a digital system now. I've seen people getting their uh, residency in three to four months, whereas it used to be 12 to 15. Mm -hmm. It was pretty average. So it's actually becoming easier. Um, so yeah, not, not that hard at all. And there's also retirement visas. Uh, if, if, as long as you have a certain level of re proven retirement income, it's easy to get in. And then you can do, there's also, if you have enough money in the bank, you can say, you just make a lump sum deposit into a Costa Rican bank and they'll give you a residency for up to two years, as long as that money's in the bank. So it, it, it's not hard, uh, mm -hmm. especially for a Canadian. Yeah. Cool. Very, very cool. All right, so big change lifestyle-wise for you, moving from the big city to very small town, Costa Rica. Um, what do you love about it? What have been some of the challenges about it besides bureaucracy? Uh, what, what I love about it down here is it is a lot more laid back lifestyle. Yeah. Um, nobody expects you to be go, go, going all the time. You don't have to overschedule. You don't have to, like, you know, back home, kids are expected to be, you know, in this sports thing and that sports thing and a music program and this and that. And you, as a parent, you're running around, you know, all these kinds of things. It's just not expected down here. Um, we get up, we get up with the howler monkeys at five, five thirty in the morning. We'll get up, we'll go do a three or four kilometer walk, come back, have a swim in the pool, have breakfast, then get on with the day. I'll do a few hours of IT work. Uh, sorry, a few hours of real estate work, and I'll do a few hours of uh, IT work. I'll have a swim break at lunch. It's just, it just seems to be a healthier lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, we don't really buy any pre-processed food down here, except for things like pasta and stuff like that. It's all, we go to the farmer's market twice a week. It's all fresh fruit and vegetables, locally raised uh, chicken and pork, mm -hmm. uh, fish, locally caught fish. It's, it's, just, I've gone from, you know, being 220, 225, I'm down to 200 pounds. Nice. I feel better. I sleep better. Um, but like you said, there's, there's, there's disadvantages too. Um, it's, it takes twice as long as you think it's going to, to get anywhere here. So, oh, it's only 50 kilometers from here to there. Okay. Well, back home, that would probably take me 45 minutes. Well, you yeah. better allow an hour and a half here. Yeah. Um, nothing is quick. Uh, you go into the bank to do a simple transaction and, I'd always allow an hour per transaction at the bank. Um, it's just everything is slower. Everything takes longer. Um, things frustrate you because you don't understand. Being from a Canadian or an American mentality and how yeah. things operate there, you just come down here and you see thing, how something is working and you're looking at it going, I don't understand that. Why are they doing it that way? <laughs> but then you have to especially, sit back and go, hold on. Especially with your technological background. You, you, yeah, I could. Yeah, the like, logic. I, I have a logical mind and it, it's like, it's, like, things are so illogical. Fingerdales on a chalkboard sometimes, some of the ways things are done. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's, but, it's, it's, but they're saying, Dave, is Pura Vida, right? So yeah. when things get like that, you just sit back, you go, Pura Vida. And manana is a big word. Uh, you just kind of go with the flow down here and, and you, fi you figure out how to make it work. If this isn't going to happen today, well, I've got three or four other things that I can easily get done. Well, today I, you know, I'm glad happen. you shared that, Mark, because that was the biggest challenge I see. I saw 
while I was down there, when, when I moved to Costa Rica, I was literally 23 years old, uh, didn't really have any business experience back in Canada. So I kind of cut my teeth doing business in Costa Rica. And, you know, I'd see Canadians and Americans go down there with the North American attitude and trying to transpose their will on Costa Rica. And it never worked. No, <laughs> it was like, no, it, it, you're, it you're not going to change the culture. You're not going to change the system. It's like, you've got to accept it. You've got to work within it. You've got to embrace it. That's, you know, that's why it's a different country. I mean, if, if you, if you, if you want the same, stay home for Christ's sake. But if, if you're willing to uh, embrace the differences and put up with the, the inconveniences for all of the benefits that you get in return, that more laid back lifestyle, that more, um, you know, personable interaction with people. I mean, I just, I find Costa Ricans to be very, very friendly. Um, it's, it, you know, there's, if you're expecting North American efficiencies in a, in a Latin American country, good luck. It's, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, I'm glad that you shared that, but the the benefits are huge. The t- the, t- the two big things, and I learned them really early, was um, when you're when you're talking to say you have someone coming by to fix your pool pump is a good example, right? Um, you you don't tell them you want them to come by on Thursday to fix the pump. They won't be there. Mm-hmm. What you do is you say, "I have this that needs to be done. Please tell me when you can come," because Costa Ricans have a non-confrontational nature. So yeah. if you tell them something. They'll just agree with you because they don't want to be confrontational about it. Mm-hmm. But if you engage with them and go, listen, you know, this is what I need to have done. Please tell me when you can do it and how long it'll take and that kind of thing. You're more likely to get an honest answer about it, right? Um, and they're more likely and, to show up within one or two days of what they said they would. <laughs> yeah, but 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 that's that's the big thing. It's just understanding how what the, their cultural differences are and make sure you work within those cultural differences. Yeah, and then, and if you can do that, you'll integrate really well down here. So. How is the um, the expat community in and around where you're at right now? Is there a pretty good sized group of fellow Canadians and Americans doing the kind of stuff that you're doing? I know that it yeah. seemed like when COVID started, there was a mass exodus of Canadian real estate people that just went to Mexico, went to Costa Rica, went all over the place. Are you hanging out with, with a lot of other fellow Canadian real estate investors down there? Uh, I'm hanging out with a couple of developers that do this type of thing. Um, there's one pair, team down here that's doing a lot of what I'm trying to do as well. And I've been learning from them and talking to them. Uh, one of them is from Texas and his partner's actually from Quebec. Hmm. So he handles the logistical side of the actual construction and all that kind of stuff. And he handles the financing and the paperwork and the legal and the accounting stuff because that's his background. Um, there's, there was a, a lady who started up a company down here many years ago, the late late 90s, early 2000s. And they've been building what they call phases, these massive developments in and around a hotel that are exclusively marketed to Canadians and Americans. Mm-hmm. And so Canadians and Americans have bought all of these lots within these phases. Um, in my area in Ohochel, they're up to phase 11. Um, and there's, you know, there can be a hundred, like uh, the phase I'm in is called phase six, seven. Uh, we have 123 lots within phase six, seven, of which I own two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, and that's, that's fairly similar with a lot of the phases around here. So there's a lot of Canadians, Americans who have bought those lots. There's not a lot of houses yet. There's, there's a lot of empty lots here. People have bought 
thinking they're going to resell at a higher price at some point or maybe come, yeah. to, come down here when they retire and build their retirement home at some point. And that is actually starting to happen. We're seeing a lot more construction down here on these lots that have been sat empty for years. Mm -hmm. And that's the market. Uh, I, that's what I'm seeing. And that's why I want to focus on where I live uh, because I see so much opportunity in this area. So what are some of the challenges that you're facing moving ahead with this whole project? Uh, for me, mostly it's just, it's just, it's just the financial side of it. Um, getting the lot purchased, getting the the money from either myself in some cases uh, or an investor and others to actually, you know, fund the build, but the, re the returns are good. Uh, to give you a good example, um, the, the really nice view properties around here, a good size property, mountain view, ocean view, beautiful breezes running through the property. You're probably talking about $250,000 on average for some of the ones I've been looking at. And your builds are going to be around 450,000 for a, you know, three bedroom, two and a half bath, it pools at infinity edge, a uh, nice uh, ranchero on the side with your barbecue and all that open concept, like massive windows that just open up. So your inside and your outside become one space. Yeah. Um, exactly what you would want in a house in this area. Um, so you're in, you'd be into those projects for about 650,000 or so, but a house now, like that US is, or Canadian. We're all U.S. here. Yeah. Um, but a house like that is going to resell for about 1.2 million, and you're going to be able to have it sold based on the plan and the drawings. Because the the other developers I'm working with here and learning from, they relatively get 50 percent of the way into the build, and they've already got the project sold. And so you're 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 buying the lots that are close by that are already subdivided and everything like that. You're you're yeah. not doing development deals from scratch where you have to. Not yet. Plow down no. jungle and all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, and you're not allowed to, you're technically not allowed to do that. Generally, what you want to do is you want to buy a farm that's got cleared land on it. So you're not actually having to cut down trees because they'll allow you to subdivide that into smaller lots. Um, a friend of mine here went and accidentally you know, bought a nice forested piece of property, which is beautiful. There's monkeys and sloths and anteaters and all, every kind of bird you can imagine living on his property. But because it's completely covered in trees, except where his plantels are, um, he can't subdivide that into anything less than five acre plots because mm -hmm. it's not an open space. Right. Whereas if I, if he'd bought the lot next door to him, which is like 15 acres or something that had a lot of cleared land in already, he could have dropped that down to you know, one or one and a half acre lots. And so you really have to know what you're getting into down here before you start you know, spending money on stuff. So what you're doing right now is you're you're developing the lots that are already existing in and around yes. the phases that, that you're in. Is that correct? Yeah, we're focusing on lots mostly that are within phases or within developed what they call fincas or farms here. Mm -hmm. uh, they, have, they have what they call legal water already. They have power. They have fiber optic internet at the doorstep. So those are the big things. If you don't have water, uh, legal water and you don't have electricity at the property, uh, you basically can't get a building permit. So what we do is when we're looking at a property, we do all our due diligence before we put the offer in to make sure that all of the things that we need in order to get a building permit are already there in place. Um, once, once we know that's in place, then we do things like your soils test to make sure it's not going to slide down the side of the mountain at the next rainfall. Uh, we're going to make sure that it gets surveyed to make sure that the boundaries are where we expect them and nobody's encroaching on your property. Um, there's a lot of things that you you, you should be doing in Canada or in the U.S. when you buy property, but it's it's far more important to do it here. So what because... what are you finding to be the big differences in raising capital for your North American deals versus your Costa Rican deal? 
it's an, the country's an unknown to most people and that's what scares them. Uh, they don't know what their tax situation is going to be. So if you're a Canadian or American investing some money in Costa Rica, how's that going to affect your tax status? If you make, you know, if we're splitting profits on a deal and you make two or $300,000 on a deal, how's, how's that going to get taxed? Well, Costa Rica is going to tax you first. Uh, and then you're, then, you know, are you going to get credit for that taxation on the Canadian side or the American side before you, you know, have to calculate your taxes in Canada or the U.S.? So there's things that people need to, you know, they, they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And we will work with your accountant to make you so you can you understand the what's up. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really good opportunity, though, for people to if, they, if they're looking at moving out of Canada, they're, they can work remotely. They want to get out of that tax situation like I did. Um, and they've, they've sold their million and a half dollar Vancouver house and it's, you know, that cash in the bank is great opportunities. But yeah, as far as as far as difficulties getting people to invest, it is it's a it's a long way away. They don't understand the country. They don't understand how finances work. They don't understand how taxation works. And it's a big ask to get people to you know invest in this country without them getting comfortable with the situation. Yeah, without them kind of being boots on the ground and familiar yeah. with it and and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So what yeah. do you what are you trying to do to overcome some of those challenges, Mark? What what do you what, what's your plan of action there? My besides plan of action getting, is besides getting on podcasts and, and talking about how great Costa Rica is. That's right. That's right. So what we do is I, I I have a really good accountant down here who can talk about the uh, the taxation system for Costa Rica and how they're going to get taxed on you know how the build gets taxed, how the profits get taxed. And then working with that, we, we will work with your uh, good accountant in Canada who's familiar with uh, investing, overseas investing and taxation and how that works. And so that we can get the two of them, you know, talking and getting comfortable because if you so trust you've, your- So you've got the connections already in Canada with the the Canadian yes. accounting side of things so that yep. people can- Avoid and the, some people already taxes. some people already have trusted advisors in Canada. So we we get their trusted advisor con in contact with our trusted advisor who's fluent in English. There's no language barriers. We we deal all with we deal with Costa Ricans in a, for accounting and legal and all that kind of stuff. But they're all fluent in English, so there's no mm -hmm. translation issues when we're when we're, when we're talking back and forth with them. But then so we we help the investor get comfortable with their situation. Um, we use escrow companies down here. We don't use banks for the money. So what happens is the investor puts some money into an escrow company down here, which is no different than your lawyer and an escrow company, escrow account in Canada or the US. So your money is safe and secure. Um, what happens is, is when we're doing a, a purchase and we're doing a build, what happened, the, for instance, uh, say we need to order a load of concrete block in. So the invoice goes to the accountant for the concrete block. And I say, yes, that's for us. Please pay it. So the escrow funds go out and pay for that delivery or that shipment of, of stuff. So it's not like, you know, I can't just go up and take $10,000 of the customer of my well, investors' so money. You were talking earlier about um, financing being a lot easier. Is, is that construction financing or is that only once the, the property is completed? No, it's and, and purchaser financing. So uh, once th that's why the investor, it, it's a everything down here is cash when it comes yeah. to construction and development and that stuff. So you you got to come into this market with cash, mm -hmm. but the, but the return the returns make it worth it. The only yeah. uh, the fact that we can now get financing for people to buy those houses that we want to build mm -hmm. uh, makes it the sell a lot easier. So I can advertise this build for sale and say, you know, financing available at approximately six point two four percent interest. Mm -hmm. So. Cool. Very, very cool. And what are you what are you finding that's working well for you for investor lead generation these days? Seeing that you're 
based full-time in Costa Rica now. Most of your connections are probably still Canadians. What are you, what are you doing to kind of generate interest around um, your projects? Well, I did take a couple of your courses years ago, Dave. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we do hit the, uh, the friends and acquaintances route first because um, having invested a lot in the US over the years and uh, running the Synergy Real Estate Group in Surrey for a number yeah. of years, we, we've come across, there's been a lot of people uh, I've interacted with over that time. And so those are the, those are the first people I, I talk to, um, especially in the US, because there's some investors down there that have a lot of money. And some of them are very interested in getting that money out of the US. Uh, so most, of, most right now is me just focusing on the people that I know. Yeah. And uh, as far as fine, because you really have to just, you know, I'm in a new place. I'm doing a new, I'm doing something new. It's not that much different than what I've been doing since 2011, but it's in a new place. So you want to establish those relationships and you want to get that trust level up about what I'm doing in this new location. And it's easier to do with people, you know, first. And then, yeah. you know, once, once we got the ball rolling, we've got a few projects under our belt down here, then we can start uh, working on people that so we have. So what, what have you been before. doing for what I call the constant, consistent, edutaining communication? Because living down in Costa Rica full time, I think there's a lot of fodder there for videos, for newsletters, for all sorts of good stuff, especially visual stuff that you can take pictures of and sell the dream, so to speak. So are you yes. doing any of that kind of stuff, Mark? Uh, haven't been yet, but that is all being put together. Um, we've got a drone now. We've been doing a lot of drone footage. Uh, we've been taking a lot of photos of different places we go down here to really show things off, uh, do, taking videos and photos of some of the construction going on down here so people can understand it. Because uh, uh, my old website, uh, which was mostly aimed at the U.S. investing side of things, I've kind of let slide because I haven't updated it in a few, couple of years now because we're, mm -hmm. we're building a new website focused on exactly what you're talking about getting that information out there, doing regular podcasts about what's going on down here and uh, getting that out there. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm selling a couple of condos right now. So I've been experimenting with some of this stuff. Uh, a lot of these Facebook groups that are focused on people from Canada and the US who are looking for investment opportunities in Costa Rica. So we're starting to put information in there. So people get familiar with that. Hey, that's you know, with my name and what we're working on and that type of thing. And uh, it's amazing how many hits I got. I, I posted a link for, our, we have a beachfront condo for sale. It's a couple hours north of here. Yeah. So, uh, you know where Hako is, it's 20 minutes south of Hako. Yeah. And uh, I was amazed at how many hits I got within a couple of hours of posting that. And nice. I had hits coming from Quebec, from Vancouver, from multiple places in the US, a few from within Costa Rica. So uh, yeah, it's not that difficult to get it out there. So. Yeah, no, that's very, very cool. So remind me, how many, you've got a couple of Airbnbs right now in Costa Rica mm -hmm. itself? That we, we have one in Costa Rica, a couple hours yeah. north here in a small town called Estorios West Day. Uh, we mm -hmm. have an Airbnb in Acamal, Mexico, which is on the uh, Mayan Riviera, just about 25 minutes north of Tulum. Yeah. Uh, we have a condo under construction in Puerto Vallarta right now. It's due, uh, it'll be finished in a year and a half. Uh, and then we have a de large development project up in Playa Flamingo, Costa Rica. Um, unfortunately, due to uh, water issues up there, despite being promised the water letters that we, we've been trying to get for 16 units, they've, they keep telling us six months. Six months later, they tell us six months. So we're trying to go back to an old uh, a water letter for 10 units, maybe continue with the project with 10 instead of 16, or mm -hmm. uh, we've got the property listed for sale. So if we can get, if we can get what we want for it, we'll double our money on it and we'll, we'll take that and go do something Focus else. Something Just, else. Very yeah, that cool. part of the, that part of Costa Rica is having a lot of issues with water and it's getting more and more difficult to develop up there because of it. 
So yeah, and it's so popular. I mean, that was yes. when I left, that was just starting to really start to boom. In it's fact, huge. the airport was fairly new around there. When, yes, Liberia, when was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Liberia, yeah. So. And, and the, yeah, the development there, it just exploded in the last 20 some odd years. Yeah, and unfortunately, sure. that drained the water table and caused a lot of other problems up there. Uh, but it's still hugely, if, for, if I was going to have Airbnbs in this country, I would have them up there just because of the sheer number of people that go into that corner of the country. Mm -hmm. um but that said our place 20 minutes south of Hako, though uh we were booked solid all through the high season this year it was awesome, awesome. so mark this has been a lot of fun yeah congratulations on, on again, making, the, making the leap there my friend if if people want to connect with you what if you had one place to send them where would it be that would just be my email address right now that's the best way and uh and whatsapp those are the two primary ways of getting in touch with me. Uh, we will have a new website up at some point in the next few months, but right now, email and WhatsApp. That's how we do everything. So what's your what's your email address if people want to reach out? Yeah, we'll post it uh, with the thing. It's mark, M-A-R-C, at Majura, M-A-J-U-R-A, investments.com. Very good. Yeah. All right, my friend. Good connecting with you again and Thank keep you, on going with the Pura Vida. Absolutely. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode.